welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Well, here we are. Welcome back. It is good to have you here today. Wherever you're watching, however you're watching, welcome. It's good to have you here. Uh, If you want more information about who we are at Empower Church, uh, please just head over to our website, empowerchurch.co, and um, you'll find everything you need there about our eConnects, about um, the different communities that we have, the North, the East at this point in time and uh, a whole lot more about who we are. If you want to connect, that's an easy way. You can just fill out a form there. If you want to give, you can just head head there too, and it's all pretty self-explanatory. If you don't know Jesus or you're away from God, on the very top of the website is, um, is the word Jesus, is his name, and uh, that will lead you to a page that explains about who Jesus is. Um, and lead and offers you the opportunity to pray a prayer um, that's on that website um, to give your life to him. And it's not the special prayer that saves you, it's the heart. When the heart and the words connect and they're, they're a real thing, then uh, and we truly surrender our lives to Jesus, something powerful happens. There's a divine exchange that happens. So if you're away from God, if you don't know Jesus, you need reassurance of your eternity. And if you want to walk out this life with him, head over there. It's just a little resource that we prepared so that you can um, be in right standing with God. Um, well, we are in part three of a series that I didn't plan on preaching. Um, I felt in my heart pastorally for you and for, for our church community to really just be talking about what God is speaking to us as a church in the midst of the noise and in the midst of the confusion and in the midst of a whole lot of stuff that's happening in the world right now, I really felt to come in an opposite spirit and speak faith over your life, speak over your destiny and your purpose, speak over your children and over your children's children that the best is ahead. And I don't say that as a nice charismatic Pentecostal cliche. I say that because we serve, according to Matthew chapter 6, a good father that wants to give us good gifts. And it's easy in the midst of um, all the conversations out there to lose sight of the fact that God is good and, um, and, and, and to get caught up on the complexities and the challenges and the trials and the storms of life. And so we've been talking, we started... Um, A few weeks ago when we spoke about hurricane faith, then last week I spoke about hurricane hope, about us having faith and hope in the midst of a storm. And it's out of Mark chapter four. We're going to quickly read through it just to give you context. If you're listening to this, um, if this is the first message you're listening to in this series, you can go back. But for your context today, Mark chapter four, verse 35, that day evening came. And he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him 
they, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. That word for furious squall is translated as a hurricane, scholars say. And the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves. Quiet, be still. Then, he, then the wind died down and he was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? And that's the question that we've been aiming to answer over these last few messages. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Today, I want to talk to you uh, from the same passage of scripture, but I want to talk to you today from the subject of hurricane hideout. Hurricane hideout. Put it in the chat if you wouldn't mind. Hurricane hideout. Write it at the top of your page. I want to encourage you to take notes. Hurricane hideout. Hurricane hideout. We've been talking around this whole idea. We've been trying to answer that question. I hope that you've been doing a deep dive into your own heart, into your own mind, into your own life around why are you so fearful? And I'm not talking about whether um, I'm not, you know, as we zoom into this season that we're in, whether it's fear about a about COVID-19 itself or whether it's fear about about um, the vaccination or whether it's fear about the government or whether it's fear about something else that you've got going on. Like, let's just zoom out a little bit. And I know that they're big issues for our society, but I know that there are some of you that you've got terminal illnesses happening. I know that there are some of you that um, that you wake up with um, depression every single day. I know that there are some of you that are, are struggling financially right now. I know that there are some of you that your relationship is on its last legs and you're not sure if you're gonna make it through. And there's a, whole, a myriad of life issues that are happening. And whilst we've been trying to answer this question of why are we so afraid, we've equally been trying to reprogram our thinking to be a people that would, um, in those moments, head towards Jesus first, knowing that our faith and our confidence and our hope and our expectation of a good future because he's a good father is sure in him. And so we've been really trying to reprogram the way that we think, renew our mind in order so that we wouldn't respond out of our sinful nature. We wouldn't respond the way the world responds. We wouldn't re respond and react to the circumstances of life, no matter what they are, no matter how drastic they are. But we would live with eternity in mind. We would live the with like Leonard Ravenhill said, life is but a dressing room for eternity. We are just aliens on this planet moving through to where we are one day going to have glorified bodies where whether a vaccine or a, a, um, a, a sickness or a virus or whatever's happening in this world is going to, is going to be something that is just not even a thing anymore when we are with Jesus. And so we've got to live not out of earth, but we've got to live out of heaven. And that's really what we tackled last week around us shifting our mindset. You will live a hopeless life. 
Uh, and what I mean by that is you won't be hopeless. You're not hopeless. But I'm saying that you'll live in a realm of hopelessness where everything, the glass is half full if you live from earth first and not heaven first. But God is calling us to live with our eyes fixed on him. And this is what we've been trying to tackle in this conversation. So today is my plan to talk to you about hurricane hope. Uh, sorry, hurricane hideout. I'm not sure if you've seen it. I, I every now and then go on a deep dive onto YouTube or something like that. And, um, or I know that on, it might be Netflix or something on one of those, um, one of those kind of TV shows, whatever, whatever it is, um, where there's those shows about bunkers. Have you seen those like preppers and bunkers and stuff like that? And it's fascinating. People have some of the craziest hideouts, the craziest bunkers, the craziest place. And those bunkers, they, uh, they set them up because they think, you know, maybe it's for fire. Um, that's all pretty normal, right? Okay, maybe it's for um, something like that. But a lot of people set these up because they think it's going to be the end of the world and, and nuclear war or... Um, or, um, you know, something crazy like that. And so they, they have these hideouts. They have these secret hideouts, bunkers. They have these secret places where they can go and where they can uh, escape the calamities of life. And they've got enough food and resource and all those sorts of things in there. And today I'm coming at you just head on. And really my question is, what do you do when you are afraid? What do you do when you are afraid? Would you write that down in your notes today? Personalize it. What do I do when I'm afraid? What do I do when I don't have all the answers to the questions? What do I do when I am fearful of the future? What do I do when I'm fearful um, in, in the, it, around anything that I'm living? Because fear is going to happen. We live in a fallen world. And as a result of the, um, the brokenness, brokenness because of sin in all of our humanity, we are going to have moments in our life where we're fearful, where we're faced with life-threatening moments or uncertainty. And we're going to face more and more unprecedented circumstances in our life. And so fear is just a thing that we have to learn to not so much live with, but we certainly have to learn how to deal with. And um, fear is going to happen. Fear is going to come. But fear is the problem uh, is the presence of fear does not determine or mean the absence of God. And so sometimes we're in situations where fear is present. But I want to encourage you to know today that doesn't mean that God's presence is absent. In fact, a lot of the times we read throughout the Bible that when the person in Scripture was fearful, it's often a time where they were so close to a breakthrough and God was the centerpiece and the very theme of the story that they were experiencing right then in that moment. And this is really the story of Mark chapter 4 is Jesus is using the storm, the wind and the waves as a lesson, as a trial, as a test, if you like, to, 
to, um, to help the disciples figure out that in those moments, Jesus is always on the throne. He's always on the throne. Hurricane hideout. Hurricane hideout. And so the question is not, do you have fear or have you ever faced fear? That's a granted. But the question today is, what do you do when you're presented with fear? What do you do when a sickness comes along? What do you do when you're faced with the choice uh, like we are all faced with today around what we do with a, a vaccine or with a a virus or with a government or with whatever the case might be. What, what do we do when we're faced with a diagnosis? What do we do when we're faced with we've just been made redundant because there's a downturn in the economy and I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family? What do we do in those moments of fear? What do we do in those moments of uncertainty? Because the flesh programs us to run and we run and we run and we often run away from God in those moments. But friend, I want to tell you, it's important that when we fear, we, yes, we often, we often run from God, but we've got to reprogram our thinking in those moments to run to God. We've got to reprogram the way that we think and how we react and how that we respond. So then instead of running from, we would run to, that we would run to Jesus. In the storm, I love it that the disciples, they went and woke up Jesus. And come on, that's what we've got to be doing in the context of prayer, in the context of praise, in the context of our devotion is running to him. Let's read a few scriptures and then we'll get into this content today. Psalm 17 verse 8 says, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Hurricane hideout. Psalms 27 verses 5 says this, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Psalms 32 verses uh, six to seven. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of mighty waters will not reach them. This is exactly what the disciples were experiencing in Mark chapter four. Surely the rising of mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Don't you love that? You are my hiding place. As we talk about Hurricane Hideout, I want you to understand that it is not a place, but it is a person that God is inviting you by his own voice through his word today. To, he's inviting you to hide with him. To hide, he is the hideout. He is the place that you run to. Psalms 91. I love this passage of scripture. I'm, I'm tempted to read the whole thing. Let's give it a go because it is so powerful and it is so, uh, so important for as a scripture to declare over your life today. Psalms 91. Whoever dwells in the secret, in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the foulest snare or from deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Verse number nine, if I say to you, if I If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift up their hands so that they so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So uh, you will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Verse number one of that that verse, what a powerful scripture. Can I encourage you to print that out this week? Meditate on that this week. Whoever dwells in the secret, in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. The word dwell there means to live. The word dwell there, did you hear that? It means to live. It means to live, to dwell in the shadow of the Almighty, the shelter of the Most High. That word Most High is the word El Elyon, and it means the Lord God Most High. Its literal translation, its literal meaning for Most High is, is this idea that he keeps getting higher. It's like a never ending ladder that he keeps getting higher. And this is the God in whom shelter that we dwell under. El Elyon, the God Most High. I want to declare to you today, and I want to say to you today, that you have a new address. That you and I don't live in this world anymore. But that God has given us in Jesus a new address. That we live in this new address. We don't live anymore, whatever your suburb is, whatever your address is, whatever your street number is. That's not whatever circumstances you find yourself in. Come on, somebody. That is not where you truly live. You've been given a new address. And that new address is the hiding place of God. And that hiding place of God is Jesus himself, that you are a new creation, that you are in Christ Jesus and that you have been born again in him. Christ now is our hiding place. Did you hear that? Christ now is our hiding place. Let's just do a little bit of work around around this idea, Christ, our hiding place. You know, the New Testament writers 
use the use use kind of uh, metaphors and pictures that were found in the Old Testament. In fact, if you're reading your Bible, you'll often see a little small letter in a bracket or something like that. Or if you're um, or if you've or have got your Bible open, you might see the heading. For example, you might see the heading say um, Mark chapter 34, and then it might have a few references of where other gospel writers have the same story and kind of imagine it like you're hovering on a website and your your the arrow changes from an arrow to a hand and it's a it's a it's a something that you can click on that's going to lead you to something that's related to that statement they call it a hyperlink and there's many hyperlinks found within the bible and so the new testament authors they use this idea they use hyperlinks to this concept that the old testament or the jews had around the hiding place that god is our refuge and he is our strength and the bible frequently uses these metaphors and these pictures this picture of the hiding place the New Testament writers use it as a picture to go, this is now who Jesus is. Jesus is your hiding place. He is now your hiding place. And when we seek him and when we call upon the name of Jesus, we enter in and when we acknowledge that we are of him, that we are in him, that we are saved by and through him, we enter into that hiding place. So from now on, when you read hiding place, I want you to replace that word place with the person and the presence of Jesus himself. Even as David and other Old Testament saints found safety in their hiding place in God, we as New Testament believers now find eternal security in Christ. In Jesus himself, in him, in the Lord. It's a phrase used so many times throughout the New Testament. In fact, I've written it down. The phrase in Christ or in him occur 164 times just in Paul's writings in the New Testament. The phrase means so much more than just believing on Christ to be saved once we die through the atonement of the finished work of the cross. It means to be joined with Christ in one spiritual body. So what is true for Jesus is also true for us. It's kind of like this idea of, right, I'll use a few illustrations here to paint the picture. It's kind of the idea that like, for example, if I get into debt because Alicia and I are one, we are unified unified that she also gets into debt but it's also the same idea that if i live in blessing she lives in blessing it's also the, this idea that um that we get not what we deserve but because we are in christ we get what he deserved and so we get blessing and favor and we get access to god we get access to his presence and it's this idea of being in Christ really speaks of us being in his sphere. It really speaks of us being in his atmosphere, being in his presence, 
being in his domain. And this is super important for us to, to contemplate for a moment. Come on, if, you, if you're with us, just, just write that down. I am in Christ. Put it in the chat. I am in Christ. It's important that you get this as a foundational truth in your life because what the world tries to do and what um, our sinful nature tries to help, uh, tries to uh, convince us of is that we are not in Christ. What the wind and the waves and what a global pandemic will do and what the what challenges and trials in life will do, they will try to convince you that you live at a different address. But friend, I want to tell you today that you are hidden in Christ Jesus. You are in his atmosphere. You are in his domain. It brings to mind scriptures such as, uh, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If there's not complete freedom in your life, there are areas, po possibly there are, er probably, in fact, actually, there are areas in your life that you and I need to submit those areas to his lordship in a new way and say, God, that part of my life is not in you. I'm fearful around this. I'm in a hurricane and and. And uh, I'm running to the wrong things and I need to run to the hideout, which is Jesus, which is Jesus. We are positioned with Jesus as new creatures, as a new creations, the uh, new creation, the Bible tells us. And Paul affirms that we have died and we have Galatians chapter 2.20, we have been crucified with Christ. Our life is hidden now in Jesus. Did you get that? This is important for you to understand. Our life is hidden in Jesus. Come on, somebody. Hurricane hideout. In other words, I'm trying to encourage you today. Now, you are, you have more than you need to be able to, to be able to survive and make it through the greatest of lives life's storms. Why? Because you're strong, because I'm amazing, because I've got the skills and the strength to, and the stamina to be able to do it? Certainly not, friend. But because we have a hiding place, because we have a hideout that we can run to in our hurricane. Man, in this time more than ever, the church needs to learn the power of their hideout in Jesus. The heart, that place that we need to learn the value and the importance of running to him. I, at the end of the day, I thank God for this season because what it's been teaching me, although it's been difficult and I'd much rather not be going through this circumstance, it's taught me that as a church, as a leader, as a Christian, as the ecclesia, there are moments where I'm not going to be able to get to gather like I would like to gather. There are going to be moments where I'm not going to be able to get to places and live life the way that I thought I'd be able to live. There are going to be mo there, are, there. There's an acknowledgement that hurricanes are going to come and hurricanes are going to stir up things around my life and they're going to sh try to shake me and convince me that I don't live at the address 
that Jesus has told me I live at. But friend, I want to tell you the value of us understanding that there is a hideout in Jesus that we can find security and peace and strength. Friend, there is a hideout in Christ Jesus that the finished work, the death, the burial and the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus has made a way for us. That's what this message is about. This message is about where do you run to when fear hits, when calamity hits, when pestilence and plague and disease and and lack hits, where do you run to? And I'm trying to tell you today as your pastor, I'm trying to help you to see today as someone that's speaking apostolically from heaven into your earth, I'm trying to help you to see today that the place that you need to help your mind to run to, your emotions to run to, your thoughts to run to, your body to run to, the soul, the 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 soul, the body, and the spirit need to run to the hiding place. What does that mean? That means running to Jesus. It says our life. We've been crucified with Christ. We've been hidden in Christ Jesus. It's written in perfect tense. In other words, it applies to the past. It applies to the present and it applies to the future. Our life is hidden. You have been, you've died. And so you are crucified with Christ. Who, what does that mean? It means that your past, those old sins, those old mistakes, they cannot haunt you anymore. They have no power you over you anymore. And anytime they do, you run to the grace of God. You run and hide. Don't give in to the hurricane. Man, I'm preaching to someone today. The past cannot condemn you. Uh, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Don't run to the storm. Don't let the world uh, try and pull you out of, of your hiding place. But in Jesus, there is no condemnation. Where? In Christ Jesus. And so we've got to learn to run to him. It, we've got to submit our past to him. We've got to submit our present to him. I'm fearful. I'm challenged. I don't know what to do. This is difficult. There's so much information about this, that, and the other. I am in Christ Jesus. I'm in him right now. I'm safe in his arms. He is protecting me. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is protection. There is liberty. There is power. There is absolute power found in Jesus. And I'm also acknowledging that I am permanently hidden in him. I'm permanently hidden in Jesus. I'm permanently hidden in who Jesus is. I want to be honest with you today um, and just be really real. Um, I made the personal decision to get vaccinated and this isn't a pro-vaccination conversation, but I made the decision to get vaccinated partly due to this revelation. And I suppose it depends on whether you, what you think about the vaccination, depending on where you can go. But I personally decided to do it for a few reasons. Number one, it gives me the ability to serve um, the community that God's called us to serve in a more effective way in this season. But more than any of those sorts of things, because I refuse to live in fear. I'm not saying that the reason why you're not getting vaccinated is because you're fearful. But for me, I've made the decision that I'm in him. I'm in Christ Jesus. 
and I'm in him now. I was in him. My past is covered by him. My present is covered by him and my future is covered by him. We are hidden with Christ Jesus. He's protected us. He's got our back. And in the day of his judgment, every man, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 6, will hide from him. Or can you either be found hiding from him or you'll be found hiding in him. Romans 8 verse 1. Indeed, the only way to hide from his presence then, according to Revelation 6, is to be hiding in his presence now. You are positioned in Christ Jesus. While every believer is positionally Christ in Jesus, and thus Jesus is their hiding place, our goal should be daily to live more experientially in our hiding place in Jesus. And so that our position in him also becomes our practice in our everyday Our orthodoxy or our belief also becomes our orthopraxy, our behavior, our correct action. That we don't only believe because we've been taught that Jesus is our hiding place, but we practice it because and we behave and we live like it because it is also our orthopraxy. We believe, but we also behave. Jesus is our hiding place. Spurgeon said this, this is so crazy, because sometimes trials happen. Sometimes we experience these moments. Sometimes um, God allows storms, God allows trials to happen to bring us to a place because I think there's a question that Jesus wants to ask of us and it's what address are you living out of? This is what Spurgeon says. God will not let us who are his songbirds build our nests here, speaking of earth. He will send rough wind through the forest, which will make the limb on which we try to build rock to and fro in the storm until we are obliged to take our wings again. For there is no resting place for us upon any of these trees in this world, end quote. This truth helps us to understand how and why we must consider it all joy, according to James chapter 1, when we encounter various trials. We've got to understand because these trials drive us to the address that God wants us to live out of, and that is his hiding place. Remember scriptures like, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we've got to confidently come to this place where we can say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. I'll fear not for the Lord God is with you. I don't need to be dismayed. I don't need to be troubled. Why? Because Jesus is with me. A few quick things about the hiding place and then then we'll, we'll wrap this up with one final story few things about the hiding place. Number one, he is our hiding place in this life and the life to come. Colossians chapter three, three to four. He is our hiding place in this life. So now, but also in eternity. Number two, he's our hiding place when we confess, when we sin and confess our sin to him. 
You can see that in 1 John chapter 1 and 7, 1 John 2 and 1, Proverbs 28 verses 13. He's also our hiding place when temptations threaten to overwhelm us, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18. He is also our hiding place. He is our hiding place in the day of mourning, loss and sorrow. No matter what you're going through, Jesus is our hiding place. Isaiah 53 verse 4, 35 verse 10 and 51 verse 11. He is our hiding place in the day of the Lord's anger or in the day of judgment. And we can read about that in Zephaniah 2, 3 and 1 Thessalonians 1, chapter 1 and verse 10. He is our hiding place. He's our hiding place. I want to read one more story in the Bible, if that's okay. You're not here to say no, so I'm going to take that as if you were saying yes. Write yes in the chat, if that's okay. Um, I want to read one more story in the Bible as we wrap up this series. And uh, over the next couple of weeks, you're going to get the wonderful opportunity to hear from our very gifted uh, team. And uh, you're going to hear some, some phenomenal messages about Jesus and about what God is speaking to us as a church. But for now, let's quickly just go to one last verse in the Bible, uh, or a couple of verses, one last story found in Matthew, uh, where are we? I think we're in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And we're gonna read from verse number 22. And this is another story of the disciples crossing over to the other side and another storm coming. I love it, another storm coming. Matthew chapter 7, verses 22, reads like this. It's on the screen for your convenience today. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up onto a mountainside by himself to pray. So what was he doing? He was going to hide. What's so cool about this? Remember Psalms 91 says, remember Psalms 91 says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Almighty will rest in the shadow. Oh, sorry. Whoever dwells in the shelter, shelter of Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And we said that that word dwell means to live. God's given you an address to go to when fear, when storms come. And what's really cool is, is in John chapter 1, um, the the uh, Saint John writes these words. He says that the Word became flesh and tabernacled or dwelt. We 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 uh, our translations often say dwelt. The Word became flesh. We know that the Word becoming flesh is Jesus. In the beginning, John chapter one verse verse chapter one verse one. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. About verse number six, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt. That word dwelt is the word tabernacled. He came and tabernacled among us. Remember Psalms chapter 27, we're bringing this to a close. I told you I would. It says, in, it says for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. And now the New Testament writers is saying that tabernacle that you and I are hidden is, is the person of Jesus. Remember our vision for this whole year? I didn't even realize how prophetic it was. I just thought it was pretty simple and basic and sure it is. 
But remember our statement for this year is to look at his face and to hold his hand, to look at what? To look at the tabernacle, to be in the hiding place, to be in the hiding place with Jesus. And storms often come because what Spurgeon was saying is storms often come because Jesus is like, you're still not living quite in the right right address. And I want to help bring an adjustment. I want to help bring some spiritual chiropractic work to your life so that you're living out of the right place. He dismissed them, went up on the mountainside to pray by himself. Later that night, he was there alone. The tabernacle is now in the tabernacle. It's quite quite amazing. It was on the boat, considerable distance from the land. Um, I'm sorry. And the boat was already considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the wind, by the waves, because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out, out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. I love it how Jesus goes, oh, another storm. I'm going to use this because I know how terribly they did with the last storm. And isn't that so like our journey as disciples with Jesus? Oh, another circumstance that Matt is freaking out over. I'm going to use this again. I'm going to use this again, but in a different way to say the same message about who I am, that he doesn't need to have fear. He doesn't need to be dismayed. He doesn't need to to be worried about the hurricane because there's a hideout that he has that he can run to. And it's me, Jesus. All right. Check, Check this out. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the light, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Again, why are you afraid? He says, don't be afraid. Then loudmouth Peter, come on somebody. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he replied. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind and the waves, see what happened? Right? When he saw the wind and the waves, we are called to live by faith and not by sight. When he saw the wind and the waves, when he saw that wind and the waves, he was afraid beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Peter reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Why? Because what you're believing in is always connected to what you are looking at. We've got to look at his face and hold his hand. If you're looking at anything else other than him in this time, your faith and your Christianity is going to struggle. I'm just being real with you. You've got to look at his face and hold his hand. And then, uh, uh, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Just a few chapters later, this story happens. In fact, this story is recorded I believe it's in Matthew chapter 8, 
Mark chapter 4, the equivalent story is recorded in Matthew chapter 8. So now we're six chapters later in the book of Matthew. Some stuff's happened. Some miracles have happened. Some revelation has happened. Some discipleship has happened. Some growth has happened. Some belief has happened in them. Some letting go of things has happened. But still the disciples are struggling. They are doubting. But they're on this journey, right? They're on this journey where they're like, we've been in wind and waves before. We've thought we're going to drown before. This can't be a coincidence. Our maturity tells us that the same Jesus that got us through that will get us through this. And look, there he is. And how do we know it's him? When they looked and for it to be Jesus, they were fearful and terrified. But when they heard the voice of Jesus, when they were heard the voice of Jesus, something happened. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the voice of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word, the rhema, the spoken, the revelatory word of God. And faith comes by hearing. And there's a connection to what we're hearing and what we will believe in. And this is what is so amazing because the crescendo of this story, in my personal opinion, is not Peter walking on the water. The crescendo of this story is the disciples in verse number 32 are worshiping Jesus and saying, truly, you are the son of God. In Mark chapter four, the Bible says that they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey? In, uh, in, in, in the same story in uh, Matthew chapter eight, it says in fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands the wind and the waves and the waters and they obey him. See, the difference is this time, the storm, because of their submission to Jesus, because of their hideout in Jesus, produced worship in them. That surely, truly, you are the son of God. The crescendo of this scripture today, this crescendo of the trial and the tribulation that you might be going through, the, the crescendo of this story is that they came to this place where they worshiped Jesus. They allowed this Jesus to, um, to, they, they allowed Jesus to be in the midst of the storm. They allowed themselves to go, hey, no, hang on. Jesus is here with us. He is our hiding place. He is our safe refuge. And friend, I'm telling you today that the greatest thing that hap can happen as a result of a trial or a storm is that you learn to run to your hideout, which is Jesus. Truly, this is the Son of God. Truly, you, Jesus, are the son of God. Truly, you're going to get us through this. Let me close with these quick thoughts about who he is as the hiding place. Number one, he is a safe hiding place. Isaiah chapter 32 says that he is a shelter from the storm. In the cover of your presence, you hide them from the plots of men. You store them in the shelter from the strife of tongues, Psalms 31 verse 20. He is a safe hiding place. 
If you're feeling afraid over anything, I want to tell you today, the place you need to run to is the Lord, the strong tower. He is a tower of refuge and strength. I'm skipping ahead, man, I'm excited. I feel the anointing of God whenever I preach like this because I sense the fear in you. I sense the the questions in you. And the Lord is saying to you today through the words of my mouth that he is a safe hiding place. He is also a sure hiding place. Psalms 27 verse 5 says, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent or his tabernacle. He will lift me high upon a rock. Note those two things, those two wills. There is no, I know we're living in uncertainty, but he is a sure hiding place. There is no uncertainty in Jesus for he will hide me in the shelter in the day of trouble and he will lift me high upon a rock. What is that representing? Man, he's going to take you so high that nothing can get in your way. He's a safe hiding place. He is a sure hiding place. He is a secret hiding place. You're a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. Psalms 32 and verse 7. The word hiding in this scripture is really, it, it, it means secret. And some, some of the scriptures um, before us translate it as, 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 um, as that word secret. And so we've got to understand that it's secret. Why is that important? Because it's a place the enemy cannot find you. It's a place you are hidden in Christ Jesus. It's a secret hiding place that he's inviting you into. Have you ever had a hideout as a kid? You only tell hideouts about hideouts to friends. You only tell about your hideouts, about your secret hideouts to your friends. Have you played hide and seek as a kid? Hidden so well. Don't tell anyone your good hideouts. You only tell your closest friends about your hideouts. And I feel like this is what Jesus is saying to us. The spirit is saying to us as the church, I'm telling you about the greatest hideout where the enemy will never find you. He's a comfortable hiding place. You are a hiding place for me. Sorry, uh, he is a comfortable hiding place. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Psalm 61 verse 4. Young birds find comfort in the shelter of the mother bird's wings. The mother bird's wings is a place of comfort. We find comfort in his presence, in the hiding place that is Jesus. He is a strong hiding place place. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. It's the Most High who is your shelter. There is no one above him. Uh, The government is not above him. A virus is not above him. Our economic system is not above him. End times is not above him. Nothing is above him. The situation that's in your body is not above him. The depression that is in your mind and and your emotions is not above him. The relational challenges that you're faced with are not above him. He is the most high. He is strong. He is a strong hiding place. 
He is also a secure hiding place. You are my hiding place and my shield. I find hope in your word. Psalms 119 verse 114 assures us that in his word, John 1, the word in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He is the word. That word, he is a secure place. You're safe in Jesus. You don't have to be scared of anything. But what world is it going to be like for my children as they grow up? Friend, in him, it's a secure place because it doesn't matter what may come against us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Lastly, he is a communing hiding place. He is a communing hiding place. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 14. You know, the preacher is serious when he quotes Song of Solomon's most dangerous book in the Bible. Oh, my dove in the cleft of the rocks, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. The Lord is not a cold, hard rock in which we hide. He is a living person in whom we can have conversation with. And his voice is sweet. His face is lovely. And friend, I just want to encourage you today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening in our world, and it is crazy right now, I'm trying to help you to see that you need a hurricane hideout. And it's not just for this season. This season will come and go. But you need a hurricane hideout. You need somewhere to hide. And Jesus has made a way for you to have the greatest hideout. And that is in him. Father, I declare over every single person right now. And I thank you, Lord, that you are our hideout. You're our hiding place. You're our refuge, our our tower. You're secure. Lord, you're, you're inviting us in. And we want to yield to that today. We want to surrender to you. And that's what we do, Jesus. We lay down our lives before you today. We lay down our lives before you. And we honor you. And we thank you for your presence. Hurricane, hide out. Come on, when fear comes, run to your hideout. That is Jesus. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe, like the video, hang out with us if you want to connect with us. Um, we're meeting over Zoom after this message. God bless you. And we look forward to chatting this week.